0: comment section is fired up on monday morning i'm thomas frank carr that is sean Fitz, recruiting expert and insider for blue white illustrated all kinds of questions coming in we'll get to those in just a minute but we got a jam-packed recruiting show for you this morning so good morning Fitz. how are we doing today after
1: a very full weekend which also included some travel for you as well yeah we're back in state college uh Great. We had a camp yesterday that we're going to talk about here in a little while. It's an official visit weekend, very busy weekend on the site. Hopefully you checked it out, com. Ton of information this weekend. Stay ahead of the game. Check it out. Uh, that's my pitch. But yeah, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're surviving. I was talking to a bunch of people. Uh, on campus yesterday at camp and june has just turned into a hellscape for recruiting in terms of like official visits uh follow that up with camps we got a team camp on friday which is all day long um so these guys are these guys are grinding uh kenny sanders was a was a zombie the other day or last night when i was talking to him of course he has two young twins at home that uh, you know he's got to go home to. so there's no sleep waiting for him there either um but uh yeah he's uh there, there's a lot going on right now. So June has gone from basically time off to now all of a sudden it's crammed into their camps, official visits, unofficial visits, uh, all this kind of stuff. Um, but Penn State's doing well with it. So that's, uh, that's, that's why we're here. That's what we're here to talk about.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I noticed yesterday is I, I got home from camp after a full day of working on some stuff for the site beforehand, working the, the day before, kind of trying to keep my ear to the ground. And I thought to myself, like, I'm not doing nearly as much as the coaching staff. I do not know how they do it. And they do it year round. Like there are only what maybe two months in the year where they get like significant breather room in in any way. Uh, So like it's an amazing, it's an amazing feat of human will just being a, a, a college football coaching staff.
1: Yeah, it's um, February and May, pretty much. And yeah. May is not always the case either. Uh, July, I guess you could you could add the dead period in uh, from June to July. Um, but uh, those, are, those are the downtimes right now. And it's no wonder that so many coaches are jumping to the NFL. I mean, it's just, it, it's like you can't put those things beside each other. Yes, it's both coaching football, but it's very, very different in terms of schedule, in terms of work-life balance, things like that. So it's no wonder that these guys um, are all keeping an eye on the NFL so let's get into some of the stuff they've been working on which uh,
0: we're going to start with the official visit weekend i always love this particular weekend where get, they get all the committed players together because we get awesome photos like this you know looking like a, a literally the the college class that uh, they're building um the the photos are always fun for me so take us through what you've been through kind of an open-ended conversation here of Some of the stuff you want to talk about, because this is the information. This is the premium content, bluewhiteillustrated.com. As Fitz mentioned before, you want to get that information, get all of it, you sign up there. But we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's coming out of this. So what do you want to start with when it comes to official visits and uh, recapping what Penn State was able to
1: do this weekend? Well, we'll keep that photo up and you look at the guys that are out there that are committed to Penn State. Um, and and these are funny because we we play with these and there's angles and there's you know ways to make yourself look bigger. Garrett Sexton just looks big in general. Like he's <laughs> yeah. there on the left side of that photo, seventy one, uh, big big kid going to continue to get bigger. And that's really funny when you think about all the uh, you know the 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 stuff that we talked about when he committed at two hundred and forty pounds or so. Kid keeps getting bigger. Um, we're gonna start talking about Ian Boyer in that uh in that manner, uh, because he just looks yeah, know, the 77. Not great for him. Um at 77. Quentin Martin there on the left. This guy, yeah. wow, uh, I feel bad for Anthony Specka because Speck is right. not a small guy, but but Quentin Martin is he looks like a you know, he looks like that assembly line of, of running backs that Penn State has put out like Nick Singleton just like it from a physical perspective like he'd see he looks like a a dude there and you can't see it in the back but everybody came away this weekend raving about Cooper Cousins how big he is how yeah. like how ready he looks um he's he's back tucked there uh behind James Franklin who actually looks pretty small James is James is funny man because we we had this discussion every year he's 6'2 like he's a big yeah. dude um you know he's I think down 20 pounds, he's, he's doing a great job, uh, this off season. Um, but, uh, he's, he's a bigger guy, a taller guy than you would think. So like looking at this is a little bit different than looking at Nick Saban, uh, with his commits. Cause, uh, Nick's a little guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you've got that. You've got, uh, you've got yeah, uh, Luke we- Reynolds who just continues to impress like everything. Like he was up there at the, uh, showcase in, in, uh, Massachusetts, uh, or the, the new England showcase, Schools came in to see him and schools were mighty impressed with him. And that from being a situation where we weren't sure if Penn State was ready to take him because of the uh, question marks about his ability to play tight end. He was, of course, a high school quarterback and things like that. But this guy looks like he might go further from, from where he was ranked when he committed to, to where he's going to end up. He may go further than anybody in the class. So, and now you're looking at me, which is very different than looking at that photo. Uh, we're not going to talk about physical appearance right now. Cause I'm coming off of a, a 10 day trip away from home and it was, Oh boy. But anyway, uh, that's, that's your Penn state uh, class of 2024. Did not get bigger this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we uh, read our notes. I'll, I'll say that uh, as we continue to put out uh, these, uh, these pitches to come check out blue and com. There's a lot going on I, I would label it as a productive weekend for Penn state, whether that makes it the way to Twitter or not, uh, or YouTube, I, I don't know, but, uh, Penn state had a bunch of official visitors, uh, on, on campus this weekend, 20 in total, seven uncommitted official visitors. And I think, I think they did really well. Uh,
0: what are some of the positive takeaways that are, um, you know, I'll, I'll phrase it this way through William Foster in the comments why no commitments three last weekend why no commitments this weekend is Penn State not leaning heavy enough on these players um I don't think it's necessarily that but um you're you're setting up for something really good right like so a productive weekend doesn't mean that you're getting commitments but you're putting yourself in a great position putting your best foot forward where you feel like coming out you're in the lead is is that a fair way to phrase that or or what's what is the positivity and the productivity that you're you're evaluating this weekend
1: for for some guys, uh, it is. Uh, for other guys, it's a situation to set it up for what they want to do. So, like, I will say that there have been situations where guys have committed and they wait till July to announce. I think that's going to happen. Like, I think that that's a situation that Penn State has found itself in right now. Now, you you kind of have to play that game where you're you're going to accept the commitment from the guy and he's going to you're going to take him at his word that he's going to announce when he says he's going to announce and hopefully not slip any trips in very possible that it, that it's, I mean, it, it has already happened, um, but it's, it, it's going to be interesting to follow the next couple of weeks. Cause on one hand, you're feeling pretty good. Kid says he's coming. Yeah. The parents, the coach, you know, you, you feel, you feel good about where you stand. Um, but you know, time is, is still something that exists here. So you're going to have to wait a couple of weeks uh, sometimes in that case. So like I said, Penn state did really well this weekend. Penn state had some top notch targets on campus this weekend. Uh, the guy that we looked. Two coming out of that weekend, Vabu Torre, Ryan's already talked to him uh, with the article on, on BlueWiddleStraddle.com. Uh, supposed to go to Kentucky for an official visit this week. Um, you know, that's that's one that you feel really, really good if you're Penn State. Um, but you know, maybe just not ready to announce. That's that's kind of how that goes sometimes. Uh, some other top targets uh, were on campus this weekend. Malachi Williams, defensive end from Philly. Nick Marsh, the uh, wide receiver from uh, uh, from Michigan. Excuse me. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys on campus, so it's easy to get yeah. those guys mixed up. Jamonte Waller uh, from Mississippi. Penn State continues to have the edge for him. Now I'm not ready to put a pick in because he's from Mississippi. That's a long way away. He's got some other visits coming up to some big time schools. And again, once again, it's a long way away. So um, you're looking at a, a mix of guys and coming out of this weekend, you feel really, really good. As yeah. I said, time is something that can take that edge off. You know, the post-visit high is something that we always talk about. You're going to have to let that settle for a little bit and maybe they come back around. I think can, I would can see a guy like Amar, Amaris Williams last weekend uh, from a visit Penn State wants to visit some other schools, uh, as well. So like that, that, that is something where you're going to have to be patient. Um, Penn state also will be, point
0: out, uh, oh, sorry, I, that, that
1: was a long, dramatic pause by me, not, not a turning it back over pause. So let me try that again. Okay. Penn state's going to be fine. Like they're doing really, really well this, uh, this summer. And it's, uh, it continues to have the, they have a bunch of guys on campus coming next weekend for official visits, but it, it's going to be one of those things where at the end of the month or probably by the middle of July, um you're gonna look back and say man i think penn state knocked it out of the park here
0: one of the i think differences between last weekend and and to kind of follow up on that original question why no commits duan lane xavier gillen were guys that you and ryan were targeting for a while to commit to penn state these were guys where it was a heavy lean and not to say that it was going to happen exactly that weekend but for both of those guys to commit coming out of their official visit not necessarily a surprise the 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 guys this weekend are players with a lot of options and not right. to say that those other guys didn't, but Penn State was clearly their top option and it was more of, hey, I want to make this official during the official visit. These are guys that are still weighing their options because Marsh, Waller, uh, Williams, to a certain extent, all of them are prospects that are in the top 300 that have other schools and other official visits to take. So. I think if you're looking for Penn State to to nail these guys down and get him committed out of their first visit or maybe their second visit it might be a little unrealistic in this particular climate. Is it is that fair? I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um
1: with the exception I mean Malachi Williams is still gonna visit Pitt and Syracuse. So like that's that's a little bit different. Nick Marsh, um, still I guess Michigan State is in the mix here and he was already committed there. So it, it kind of changes the math on that one a little bit, but Waller um, has a big visit this weekend to Florida. Uh, Florida, by the way, Penn State and Florida are going head to head as typical natural ge- geographic rivals. They are <laughs> right. uh, with Waller, Liam Andrews, uh, Amaris Williams. who I mentioned a while ago, like there, there's a lot of guys that are sort of in that. Jalen Harvey was over there, uh, the, or was down there this weekend. So a lot of head to head, seemingly head to head with Florida, uh, Benedict Gume as well. Um, so, but you've got Waller going to Florida, and then he's going to go to Georgia. So that one's certainly big there uh Torre you know I think I don't think he's going to Oklahoma anymore so that's that's an interesting one there um but uh yeah I I would say if I were to overgeneralize it uh uh, the guys that didn't commit in that first weekend have some more visits to take have some some bigger suitors if you will if you want to use hand quotes there and I would say the same about these guys Jameer Grimsley uh was on campus just put up an update on on him before we came live uh on the YouTube show Jameer Grimsley Bama is floating around, and if Bama wants you, you're probably going to check out Bama. You know, that's yeah. a, let's let's talk logic here. So, the, I, I would agree with your your take as a sort of a generality. The guys that they yeah. got last weekend, good players, no doubt about it. Um, but didn't have um didn't have not I don't want to say didn't have the options, but also like were further along the recruitment when they got yeah.
0: there. Yeah, that I think that's exactly the the right way to phrase that. Got some things in the chat I want to get to here as well. Chris Gorky says great work Fitz and T Frank appreciate Chris appreciate you donating to the channel Uh, if you want to be like him put something in the tip jar the super chats are always open we're always uh, welcoming those into the show and uh, we'll if you have a question to go with it we'll always make sure we get to that question this one came in this has been a, a common question over the last couple of weekends either here in the live chat or you know comments on the YouTube channel we haven't really dug into this yet Kevin Haywood, that situation. What happened with Kevin Haywood asks MED 2659? Um, do you have any insight into that situation of him committing to Wisconsin after being such a big talking point for Penn State recruiting over uh, probably since this time last year when he camped to Penn State and was a massive, well-moving offensive lineman?
1: We love to play the 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 Penn State moved on game when when guys go elsewhere. Penn State would have taken Kevin Haywood. You know, they've been recruiting him for a long time, spent a lot of time. Uh, investing in that recruitment, they would have taken him. Um, you know, was he the top guy on their board at offensive tackle? Not really, but that's that's kind of irrelevant at this point because they would have taken him. He was he was in a tier high enough where they would have taken him? Um, you know, I'm I'm not here to play the, the the narrow shoulders upper body thing. Kid is a really really good athlete. The state yeah. needs work, uh, but he's an offensive lineman. You're going to have that for basically every offensive lineman you get. So uh, I'm not here for the Kevin Haywood slander. He, he committed to, to Wisconsin. Penn State would have. Uh, taken him from multiple sources there. So I'm not, uh, I'm I'm not going to go after that. It was, it was a really, I I will say it's, it was a weird recruitment. Like it was
0: felt like that. Yeah, He
1: was, you know, it felt like he was going to jump on board last fall and then kept stringing it out. I think there were some other things at play there. Um, He came for the blue white game, you know, told, People, you know, told other prospects he was about as close as he could get without committing and now doesn't yeah. set up an official visit. So, you know, I think there was some some things at play there that, uh, you know, dig into at a later date, I'm sure. But uh, it's uh, it was definitely a, a weird recruitment. But yeah, Penn State would have would have taken Haywood. He's an in-state kid. He's a, a premium position offensive tackle. Like I said, mm-hmm. he will need to improve. But I think he's got all the, um, you know, he checks a lot of boxes in terms of what he can do to to become a player at the next level. Wisconsin's interesting, man, because that, that's not the Wisconsin, like Kevin Hayward is a big dude, no doubt about it. And, and like oh, fits that Wisconsin profile, but they're not really recruiting like that right now. They they right. took Ryan Corey from Western Pennsylvania does not fit the mold of what a typical Wisconsin offensive alignment looks like. So um, that new staff has come in there. They've shaken some things up. They've, they've done, you know, we, we talked a lot about Wisconsin this spring when Penn state was, uh, was getting Corey Smith and Garrett Sexton, Donnie Harbor and things like that. So, very interesting approach. Don't know if it's the right approach. Don't know if it's the wrong approach, but Wisconsin has sort of changed up the way that they do things uh, with that new staff coming in.
0: Yeah. Luke fickle does not run the football in a traditional way that uh, Wisconsin is used to running the football. I don't know if they're going to change. I don't know how that will factor in, but it's going to be interesting to watch that particular program evolve. Another question here. And Go I will
1: ahead. add one more thing on Haywood because because Rick makes a point here. It says moved on an offensive line. Penn State had a lot of targets on the offensive line, like especially yes. like there there were tackle legitimate tackles out there along with Haywood. This wasn't a situation where they held out for one guy, held out for one guy, and then they got burnt. They took Sexton, they took Egan Boyer. Uh, you know you've got Cooper Cousins who could also play tackle. So there are options there. It wasn't a situation where, you know I. I don't know that Haywood was holding Penn state hostage or anything like that, but they had other guys. Troutline was comfortable taking those other guys and the, and they did that. That's kind of what happens. And when you expand your board, the way that he has in the last several cycles, that's kind of the the position that you hope to find yourself in and is, Hey, I'm not, I, I, I don't have to hold out for this. You know, Gerby Lambert's yeah. going to come in for an official visit, uh, you know, later this month. So like there, there are still names out there as Penn state continues to, to play that board. And uh, you know, with offensive linemen, it's, it's a crapshoot. You hope you yeah. get the best ones, even, even, you know, all the way at the NFL, you don't know, you don't know if that guy is going to translate. So Penn state's yeah. got a couple of uh, ones that we think can be very good. Um, and, and we're going to see if they develop over the next couple of years, because it's, it's a situation where you can't make that call when these guys are going into their senior year of high school, like who's going to be the absolute best. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, What was the guy for the, uh, from, from central Michigan, the number one draft pick winter uh, you know, nobody, nobody saw that one coming and, college coaches uh recruiting sites uh even eventually the nfl you know you cannot it's not an exact science on the offensive line
0: yeah and you look at the the photo here to your point about having a lot of offensive line targets a third of the people in this photo are offensive linemen and they're all huge so that's not a bad place to be uh we got another question here about uh brown what's the situation do you think Penn State, uh, just an update on what you think of Josiah Brown's recruitment and Penn State versus Rutgers for one of Penn State's uh, receiver targets here.
1: He's got a tiny visit to Georgia in there as well. So, uh, you know, (laughs) we we don't like to uh, we don't like to downplay these guys. Uh, Rutgers, Georgia, just throw them in the same bucket. Um, But no, I mean, I I think Penn State's done a a pretty good job. I, I keep saying that you can't cut out Rutgers or you can't count out Rutgers here. And people will laugh about that it's Rutgers. I get it. Um, but at the same time, they have an influence over those New York guys because it's far enough from home, but it's also really close to home. You know, the coaches are, are you know, all in there and things like that. So, um, they, they've done a really, really good job recruiting Josiah Brown. And, you know, sometimes some of those guys are, I, I don't want to say homebodies, but you look at Moses Walker in the last cycle, Penn state one and Moses Walker and for a linebacker, Penn State versus Rutgers. I mean, you, you put all this stuff on paper and it points strongly in one direction. I think yeah. you do the same thing for Josiah Brown is you put all that stuff on paper and why go to Rutgers? Uh, but, you know, they're they're doing a really, really good job recruiting them. They've got some good recruiters over there. Um, so I, I would not write them off whatsoever. Like that's the, that's the sort of thing. We look at these, we look at the logos and we say, OK, he's got official visits to Penn State, Georgia and Rutgers. All right, just throw, throw Rutgers to the side. I, I don't see that as a situation right here. May very well end up at Penn State. Fran Brown has been recruiting him hard at uh, at Georgia, and Fran has done a really, really good job of getting back into the Northeast and getting some of those guys down there. So this one I still think is pretty wide open, and again, just can't can't count out Rutgers on this one.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's also uh, telling that uh, Georgia coming back up north for speed. And if you think speed isn't important at receiver, look at the Georgia recruits that Penn State or that, that they've pulled from Penn State over the last couple of years, or that they're trying to here with Brown. And then uh, oh,
1: Yazid Haynes was last. Thank year. you,
0: Yazid yeah. Haynes was the other guy I was thinking of who was super fast, tall, long. Speed is very important in college football. Um, Got 20 minutes of good conversation. If you haven't decided yet that we have uh, the best show for you to, to learn about, Penn State football recruiting, then I don't know I don't know what you're waiting for. Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube, we're giving you the great stuff, so please subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube and hit the like button for this video. Helps to spread the word of us being live right now, but really the thing you can do to help us the most. If you're one of the hundreds of people watching and you haven't subscribed yet, Come on, just say this. It's it's free. It takes you literally one click. Also, want to let you know that the show is brought to you by My Perfect Franchise. Now, My Perfect Franchise is uh, Andy Ludicki. He is a franchise consultant. So, if you don't know what any of this means, first off, if you're interested in leaving your current job or diversifying your income, if you're in the corporate rat race, you're a middle management uh, corporate CEO sort of type. Then this is for you. If you're looking for a side hustle, maybe, or you have a passion, there's something that you want to do with your life, and you want to break out of what you're currently doing. Check out my perfect franchise. Andy Ludicky is a franchise consultant with extensive experience placing people like you in a franchise to manage, so that you can buy into whatever um, you know franchise. Uh, you're interested in his services are 100% free he's here to help if you have any questions you can check out the message board another great reason to sign up for blue white illustrated premium content you can go on there you can message him Andy Ludicky, and have a conversation on the thread for this show or you can just give him a call 404-973-9901 or Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Thanks again to Andy for sponsoring our recruiting content. He is a fan of YouTube and recruiting, so that makes this a perfect match. Fitz, we were at camp yesterday. Um, I'm sure we'll get some more comments and questions about recruiting as we go throughout the show, but camp yesterday... Um, there weren't as many names or storylines coming in in terms of Peter Gonzalez, who had a, an important weekend last weekend. Some of the Penn State recruits that were already committed were at last weekend's camp. Fewer of those this week, but there's still uh, players to discover. So let's talk through some of the guys that stood out to each of us. I'll let you go first. Some of the guys that stood out to you during camp.
1: Uh, let's scroll down here. Camp was, as you said, I, I, not one of the better ones that we, that we've seen. Um, Tony Williams was up from Florida. Um, top i believe top 200 guy in the uh, class of 2025 uh from palm beach uh so like he was probably one of the better quote-unquote prospects on hand uh looked like a good player probably gonna be a safety i would say at the Mm -hmm. next level um you know i'm not sure that he can i think he worked out some with the corners but uh he was a guy that that we were watching had a nice interception um seemed to take to the coaching well Visited Pittsburgh, excuse me, visited Pittsburgh uh, on Saturday, came up to Penn State on Sunday, worked out for the staff. So I think that's a, that's a good start. Uh, his offer list, probably not as uh, high as his ranking is or his rating is right now, um, but uh, I think other schools will continue to come along, good size, uh, solid speed, things like that. So that that was one to watch there. Uh, John Marie Thomas, uh, I, as you said, 2024s, it's, um, there, there's a certain boat of guys that are coming in to either establish themselves and earn an offer or to, they already have an offer. They're trying to push it over the line. Thomas kind of fits in that last uh, category. Penn State offered him early. It's going to be tough for them to uh, have space for a safety, especially safety without great size. Um, so, yeah. but, but Thomas came in, ran a 4-4, uh, really athletic kid. He's going to make somebody happy at some point. I just don't know that it's going to be Penn State. Um I, and lyric Samuel is a guy that jumped out uh, from a testing perspective. Uh, over 6'3", ran a four five five four five six, I think it was uh, as a twenty twenty five from New York. Uh, he was a guy that was in for a visit a couple of weeks ago. Came back, worked out at camp, and I think he helped himself with his uh, with his performance at camp this weekend.
0: A couple guys that I, I noticed, and it, a lot of it was the looks like game. Um, but uh, one guy that backed it up, Ty Wilkerson, twenty twenty six. Uh, safety prospect, working out with the safeties. He uh, ran well, tested well, and then looked good in drills. And he is a Berwick kid, so a local small-town player that that I think, you know, based on his frame and based on his ability to move, that's a guy that's going to be in serious consideration for uh, Penn State uh, down the line. So I didn't spend a ton of time with the safeties or the DBs. Uh, I was with the big men for most of the day because there were some big dudes, but he was one guy that I thought stood out pretty well during drills, Um, one really good intercept, you know, they were doing interception drills. So it wasn't like it was a one-on-one situation, but he, he went up behind himself. You know, the ball was under thrown behind him, one handed it out of the air. So good movement skills, good turning ability. I'll be interested to see how that one develops. Um, you, you had a tight end in mind as well, right?
1: Uh, So there were a couple guys yesterday where I, I recognized the name of the school, but like I, I have to open Google maps sometimes to check that out from Southern Lehigh. We, we haven't had too many Southern Lehigh prospects. Uh, Andrew Olish uh, worked out with Ty Hal yesterday. Looked pretty good uh, over six, four skinny guy. Um, but his testing numbers pretty well off the charts. I mean, if you look at, uh, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but if you look at Luke Reynolds from last year, like, Right in line with where Luke Reynolds was. Don't know that he's going to be a big time prospect, but uh, mm-hmm. he's going to have schools that that end up looking at him. Joe Moore had offered him last week, um, so I I take a lot of stock in what Joe says, especially about tight ends. You um, ran a four two shuttle at over six four. That's that's really impressive, like yeah. really really impressive. So, um, you know, another one of those Pennsylvania guys that popped up. Also had a Minersville quarterback pop up and. I tell you what, I that's my first minersville experience with a with a prospect, 2026 Dante Carr. Uh good looking prospect there to to watch for years going f- forward. And, and that's really what these camps have sort of become is 2025 yeah. guys, 2026 guys um, that that you can keep an eye on down the road. Um, while we're talking about Dante Carr, a couple other quarterbacks there, Eli Hamrick from IMG Academy, 2026 quarterback looks to have Big a size. Yeah, big kid, uh, looks to have the size athletic kid. Ethan Halk from Brunswick, Maryland, uh, sort of my my old neck of the woods, uh, was a really good athlete as well. And Josh Anderson from North Carolina, I don't know that he's a scholarship guy, um, but uh, if Penn State could get him as a walk-on, Really athletic kid, uh threw a pretty nice ball as well. Um, I don't know how much he's got going on in his recruitment, but he's one of those guys that caught my eyes among the quarterbacks. And it was a pretty solid group of quarterbacks. Oh, and by the way, Kirk Herbstreet's son, uh Chase, yeah. was on hand uh on on Sunday checking things out. I knew you wanted to get to that uh to, to that clip there. Um, but uh yeah, he looks looks a lot like dad. Um, but yeah. uh, he's uh, he was a guy that was there as well
0: yeah there was a couple of um uh brand mandler quarterbacks brought up a, a couple of guys to uh to go to camp and herb street was one of them another uh guy nolan beard probably one of the, the biggest quarterbacks maybe one of the most prospect ready quarterbacks um six foot five threw the ball pretty well um still still working on some things uh nolan beard was his name so there, a couple of guys that that stood out but the the quarterback class a lot of the guys that i was watching was hamrick and and some of the the younger guys that are 25 26 because um you know that 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 group of like the top quarterbacks you could tell that having watched ethan grunkmeyer last week and, and go through the drills and see him in a comparative situation these guys generally were a step below a tier below that um even though they were young, you know, and that's kind of the the point that you were making is a lot of these guys aren't going to look great, but do they have the right size? Are they on the right trajectory? Do they have the right building blocks to make uh, themselves a prospect in, in two years or so? And that's where I think we're going to transition to the big men at camp because there, that's where we spent a lot of our time, especially during the one-on-ones. Caleb Brewer, he's been at Penn State camp uh, the last two weeks working with phil trout one i think this is one of the smartest things you can do is if you're a prospect even if you're committed and you want to get some extra work with your your coach he went through the one-on-ones quite a bit there was uh you can see here lost a little bit early but a guy who's progressing each and every rep. And that was really the the story of camp for Caleb Brewer from this week to, from last week to this week. And then and even through this week is just really getting better at the offensive line because there's, you know, you watch his film, you know, while, while missing does on the offensive line, he's, this is the first time he's experiencing any of this stuff from a pass protection standpoint, playing tight end there, and how much they run the football. Uh, what did you see from Brewer in, in terms of, um, how he interact with the coaches and, and what your evaluation of him was uh during camp.
1: Very coachable. Um, he, he caught some things from Frank Leonard, who uh everybody in that building catches things from Frank Leonard because he's so yeah. loud. Uh, but James Franklin was there, Phil I was there, uh, Frank Leonard was there. Uh, this is a guy that does not know how to pass block. And that's not a criticism. That's just uh where he comes from. They yep. passed the ball twice a game, something like that. In fact, Franklin was was busting his chops there because hey, it would really help us out if you guys, you know pass the ball and you learn how to do it. And on top of that, he's a tight end. So even, even when they do pass the ball, he's going out for routes. Um, so no clue what he's doing. And that's something that, that, that's the reason he keeps coming back to camp and checking things out. He was here for his official visit that official visit ends. He was able to, to go out and, uh, and work, uh, with the staff there, uh, on his own. So it was, it, it, it's very much a work in progress, uh, I know Ryan and I are on opposite sides of the fence here. I think he's going to be an offensive lineman. Ryan thinks he's going to be a defensive lineman. I can see where Ryan's coming from there. Um, but uh, he continues to work out on the offensive line. Going to have to get better. Going to have to learn to pass protect. But we said the same thing about Javen Williams. You know, yep. uh, Javen Williams is going to have to do the same thing. from Coming from that same program, he's going to have to learn how to pass protect. And he's done some nice things on campus so far on blue-white game and things like that. But as you see, a long way from the wing tee to being a pass protector in the Big Ten
0: yeah there's a lot of similarities in terms of their game between javen and caleb because caleb is a great athlete i mean i'll throw this up here again if you just look at him he's 285 90 pounds of pure muscle like he is a very fit offensive lineman and he moves really well it's just he doesn't know how to specifically use technique yet and that's i think where Penn State is, is, is betting on the upside of the athleticism because you, you get a guy that can move like that, get to the second level. Um, something that Chuck Losey said uh, earlier this week when we we're talking about Javen in terms of how he is as an athlete, Javen explosive and big, but maybe not the strongest guy in the world. At the, at the core, you need to have strength in these things. I'd say, uh, Caleb, a strong player that has some good explosiveness, obviously not five-star skills like Javen, but has a, a, a good skill set to work with. He just needs to refine all of that, and it's going to take a lot of work uh, for him to, to do that. Um, some of the other guys that we saw in the one-on-ones, uh, probably the best player uh, that did the, the best overall, Isaac Sowell. Um, did you have anything that stood out here about, about uh, some of the interior guys?
1: The is going to be a center um, and he looks like he is extremely well coached. Like I know, I, I yeah. believe his father was there with him. His father's a big dude. Uh, soul is about six, one and a half. Um, so he's going to be a center at the next level, but he sits uh, as well as anybody that we've seen uh, at camp this year. So a really good job by him. He's a 2025 prospect from Kentucky. Uh, that size is going to be a, a factor for him at some point. Hopefully, you know, he grabs a couple inches from dad and, 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 you know, eventually becomes a bigger prospect. But in terms of fundamentals, um, you know, it's kind of a guy that uh, you look at when we looked at Mike Miranda, we saw that the obviously the size was something that was uh, tough to uh, t- tough to overcome eventually in his career. But like from a fundamental standpoint, from a from a guy that you look at and say, this guy can be really successful. I don't know at the at the top level because of that size and length and things like that, um, but he's a really, really good, really good player.
0: Yeah, uh, good length. You know, despite the, the height being one thing, at least he has that length for him. But the overall package—that is, I think a fair question to be—is he going to be big enough for Penn State? And that was the interesting thing of when we were watching a lot of the big men, the guys that were big enough that we thought that we identified early in camp, and I kind of followed through uh, throughout camp. Um, they, they weren't necessarily the best guys in the one-on-ones or some of the movement skills. Was there anybody that stood out to you that you think there is an opportunity for development, uh, even if they didn't have the best overall camp?
1: I think you're setting me up here for Isaiah Hammond uh, from Calvert Hall in Maryland. Uh, you know, when you walk in, like he's a first off the bus type guy, he's a big dude, six, five long arms, got everything you want as a, as a future defense tackle, three technique, things like that. Um, it was a bit frustrating to watch. Dion Barnes was getting a little frustrated on the, on the side, just played extremely high um, with kind of the same moves over and over again. He kept getting beat and kept getting frustrated. Uh, This is a guy that, Schools will offer because of that size and because there is some baseline athleticism to work there a long way to go as a football player. But like this is a guy just to keep it in the back of your mind, because if he develops and maybe develops on the offensive side of the ball, like let's uh, Phil Troutline pulled him aside yesterday after camp and and worked him out uh, with some offensive line drills. Maybe he does that, but he's just got uh, he's got that size that you can't ignore. And I, I know people hate that when you just like look at the kid and say this kid is a d1 prospect because of his size and that's that's about it right now but it's it's a big man's game like this is uh that's how it works and sorry to you um you know i know your your hopes were dashed of of a division one career because a lot of size and and only because of size um but uh yeah that's that's kind of how it works at at this high level and uh it's he's a guy to watch because of it but uh in terms of camp performance not the uh not it did not live up to the expectations once we saw him uh walk in the gym
0: yeah my guy that had a similar day but i think uh the building blocks are all there and you, you'll you'll understand why maybe the performance isn't there was jacob burns jacob burns is six five almost the same size six five two seventy five, 275 and he's a 2027 prospect so this is a freshman offensive lineman um very raw obviously very raw for being that young um was the only uh freshman that was uh, in the big men competition but you see here even in the video he got better and when you're looking for size length decent movement skills didn't test well but again very young player that's a guy to to keep your you know in the back of your mind you want to monitor how he progresses over the next couple of years maybe he comes back to a penn state camp next year and you can compare his athleticism and his his skills but you're that young you're that big you're a prospect. And uh, I was watching him throughout camp, very interested in, in how he moves because I thought he moved really well in terms of, like, the basics of playing offensive line and using short, choppy steps, being on base, being on balance, all those things. But then putting it all together in movement was um, obviously against veteran players that have a, a bevy of pass rushing moves. He did struggle, but when he got his hands on guys, it was over. So that would be the, the one of the big men that I uh, that I'm looking forward to Seeing how they progress throughout his career. Uh, anybody else uh, we that we that stood out to you the other day?
1: Uh, I think we're going to get to our new offers uh, section. So that's the yep. guy that that I've circled, as you could probably imagine. Uh, I know you know a little bit more about that, but uh, you want to just do the play the imaging here, or should yep. we uh, should we get into it? Okay,
0: give me one second. Here we go.
1: About the future of Penn State is a lot of excitement. This is a really really important day to a bunch of young men and their families.
0: So far, not as many offers coming out of this camp as we kind of set up at the beginning of the show, but one of them, very important. We have a long snapper offer. Ryan, take us through this here.
1: Well, I'm not Ryan, but that's okay. Um, oh, my I, God. Oh, I, wow.
0: <laughs> I was I, I was sorry, reading
1: bitch. your updates before I got up there, and they had some some long snapper uh, work going in. So, of course, that's right where I went but as soon as I walked in. Andrew Dufault, uh, a... One, two, three, five-star long snapper by Rubio Long Snapping. <laughs> Sorry, you have to count them sometimes because they've got six stars as well. Number four in the country in the class of 2024 from Massachusetts. Um, you know, looked really good. And I know we, we played the long snapper game. We we do, we make the jokes and things like that, but looked really good snapping, uh, earned an offer. Uh, it going to be a walk-on offer, but earned an offer from Penn State uh, after the camp. Uh, and, you know, Penn State has been doing pretty good in terms of, this assembly line. Uh, Chris Stoll has been there for a long time. Very high on Tyler Duzanski to take over for him. A couple of good ones uh, underneath of him as freshman, but uh, Dufault looks like the real deal in terms of snapping. So now that I've got that in, I, uh, I appreciate the time that, that you let me spend on long snappers. But uh, yeah, it looked like, looked like a real good one. It's got some real snap going back there.
0: Yeah, they were. They were. They had the gun on him on his uh, on his uh, the velocity on his snaps, and all looked really good. Had him running, had him doing a bunch of drills. Also had him doing it right in like the prime area for where the quarterbacks normally are warming up. So I it was uh, like oh good here's a long snapper this is an interesting thing now i've got to hoof it to the other side of the field to go look at the quarterbacks so always a little bit of good little bit of bad with the uh, the long snapper situation uh only other i think the only other offer that i found tony williams as we talked about um the safety from florida got an offer reginald vaughn 2025 defensive lineman was not at camp but this is another interesting offer top 150-ish player in the on three hundred. So uh Deion Barnes putting himself out there for 2025 offense uh, defensive lineman as well. So that rounds out the three that I had in terms of guys that got offers. Is there anybody else from the last week or so that um stood out to you in terms of getting an offer from Penn State? Maybe not in the last couple of days, but anybody you, you had an eyeball on?
1: Not particularly. Um just I was looking over the uh the filters um that I've I, I set up and things like that. And and Penn State has Sort of gotten into a situation where they're, you know, you, you probably are going to be at camp if you're in that offer list or in that re- list of recent offers. Uh, I did still find that one interesting, the one in Mississippi, because Deion Barnes had a couple defensive linemen on campus this weekend, and then he has to switch over to camp. So in the middle there, he managed to find uh, this kid from Mississippi, get him on the phone and offer him. So that's just a, another point of how busy these guys are. And and the recruiting just d- does not stop. Like I know some of this is circumstantial, but the recruiting just n- does not stop for some of these guys.
0: Uh, there is a question in the chat here for you, Fitz. And uh, I want you to know that you have a lot of sway over uh recruiting just like the one time i wore my uh utah utes pullover on the show and people were aghast you wearing a university of vermont t-shirt if potential recruits see this they might go to vermont over penn state says tim c so um you are the t-shirt connoisseur of this show you have the most interesting t-shirts on the show by far but is there a story behind university of vermont
1: there's there's no style on this show let me get that out there and uh you know Vermont you know Penn State might schedule them for uh, for a home game you know the way that they've scheduled uh, well, these other guys but no, I just uh'm a big fan of the the color uh the catamounts are uh, you know I, I i don't wear penn state gear like i, I it's an yep. ethics thing i don't wear penn state gear so i go on the home field and i find uh really good shirts that i like usually with mascots with uh, little sailor hats or whatever but this one just jumped out at me like it's the same thing as my uh naval academy shirt just kind of jumped out the very plain uh throwback type shirt and it's so comfortable It's one of my most comfortable shirts so uh no, there's there's really no crossover. We mentioned Penn State and Florida going head to head for recruits. Yeah. Uh, don't see it as often with Penn State and Vermont. So <laughs> yeah. uh love the great state of Vermont uh, and the people up there. Uh, but always uh, yeah.
0: wanted to visit. Looks yeah. like a beautiful state.
1: Yeah. I went up there several years ago. I uh, one of, actually, one of my best college friends is from Vermont. Um, so I went up there several years ago, loved it. I uh, hope to get up this spring, but didn't work out. So, but uh, I kind of keep, uh, when I, when I buy shirts like that, it, you've got a line cause it's not like I can get uh, you know, an Ohio state shirt or a Notre Dame, Michigan, you know, it's, it's gotta yeah. be something obscure. So uh, I get this, I've got my Colorado stuff, got my Colorado school of mind shirt that I'm a big fan of and, and just things like that. You know, you, you, you gotta keep it light. And like I said, there's no Delaware. Can you get Uh, a blue hens? Is that, is that safe? Yeah, I think, I think that's safe. I mean, I know they're on the schedule, but, uh, it's about the threat really, you know, like the, uh, thing, uh, how it goes, like I've got a university of Virginia shirt. I wear that. I I have no problem with it whatsoever. So, um, it's all about the, uh, how this, how this looks coming off to the people, uh, like, uh, viewing this, um, number one, doesn't really matter to me, but at the same time, like you got to be smarter than that. You're running a business. So.
0: <laughs> That's why I just wear
1: uh, blank
0: collared shirts, like some sort of pullover or polo, just because it's like ah, it's inoffensive and people won't won't say. But yours, genuinely, I'm I'm with the the chat section. I'm always checking out what we got on Fitz uh, to see what interesting school he's got on this week. So I, I, you have I to see, tune in later to see what the next one is.
1: Yeah, I see Rob's got Northern Michigan. I'm gonna take that up and see what uh, see what kind of mascot they've got working here. So hopefully. Hopefully they got something good to go with. Like I said, I'm a I'm a sucker for the mascots. I'm a sucker for the animal mascots. The old the old timey, uh, you know, like it was fascinating. I was, I was reading something like Auburn and, and LSU share the same tiger because they had the same uh, illustrator. It's just like different <laughs> hats on there or something like that. It's 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 really fascinating. Like I said, Homefield does a great job uh, with uh, with not only comfort but style. And that, like I said. Style not my forte, but hey, I'm a 38 year old dad of two. I'm not 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 out here to impress anybody with my uh, with my clothing choices. I am far from Nate Bauer when it comes to style, and I'm perfectly okay with that.
0: <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll see what Nate's wearing. Uh, Got to get him on the show on Wednesday. Have a conversation about Penn State football. That'll be when we are back live next. I'm Thomas Frankar. He is our uh, fashionista. Sean is it fashionisto? I don't know. He's Sean Fitz. He's our recruiting insider. That's his main job. Uh, We'll be back on Wednesday. Fitz, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, as always, subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube and BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. On the way out, let you know that it is $1 for three months. You cannot get a better deal than that unless you want to get 12 months for just $50. So get all that at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Subscribe here. We will talk to you on Wednesday.